Good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good buddy Doug McCary. And it is a, uh, a blistering hot uh, Tuesday afternoon here in Jacksonville, Florida. I don't know what it's like uh, around the country. I haven't really looked at it, but uh, it's hot, it's humid. In fact, I'm kind of, Doug, expecting a rainstorm sometime. You know, here in Florida, we have those afternoon showers that tend to cool things off but i'm telling you the heat before those showers is brutal yes and before uh i forget you folks in mississippi listening on wmer and wmox uh there's an extreme heat warning for you today so for you folks that like to have the windows up and uh not have the air conditioning <laughs> on you might want to turn that air on today now, who is, is that yeah, that would probably be my mom and dad. Oh, come on. They're just old country folks, man. They like to put that window <laughs> up and just let the the natural breeze. But this is not the day to do that. It is an extreme heat warning for Meridian, Mississippi. By the way, so glad WMOX is added to our list of uh, stations now, 1010. They're, they're broadcasting, been broadcasting us all week, and we're very grateful uh for that thank you bill uh bill smith um uh for doing that you know they they are brad the second oldest station broadcasting there is that i right? mean yeah and the, yeah they've been broadcast broadcasting for a long time i mean like talking 50 60 years they've been broadcasting there Ten thousand watts so very glad to be on 1010 also wmer there in meridian 1390 and wpmh up in uh, virginia uh, 101, uh, 100.1 FM, 96.9 FM, and 1270 AM. So grateful. And then The Truth. What a great name for a Isn't station here. The Truth <clears throat> in Jacksonville, Georgia, and also St. Augustine. You know, Brad, we've kind of, we, we haven't really talked a lot about things going on in our culture, but I thought this was worth mentioning that so many people because of the division because of political division racial division economic division ideological division uh have been in a really bad way for the last couple of years and i just thought this was tragic that um there was a, a marine who was killed over in afghanistan i don't know if you saw this but uh you know a year later his older brother died he took his own life at his little brother's memorial i mean how sad is that Uh i mean that that just i mean you you think about it's tragic enough for one child to die the way he did in afghanistan to kind of be left out to dry the way they were uh well by the way uh i think today's the one year anniversary of us pulling out of there yeah it is and uh you know the United Nations warned that 97% of the people in Afghanistan could fall below the poverty line this year. Mm. Think about that for a second. I mean, uh, you know, the Taliban supposedly was supposed to bring good economy and all that. Instead, they have brought pain. They have brought oppression and uh, and really, it's a very different place than when we were there. And, um, you know, I just thought it was sad that this Marine, uh, Lance Corporal, um, you know, Kareem Nakui, he was 20 years old, was one of the 13 troops killed that day, and his older brother um, killed himself at his memorial. And that's just so mm, sad. That is. We forget the pain people walk around in, yeah. and we've got to be aware as light in the world there's a lot of people that are walking in darkness and we if we are believers we have an ability to speak hope to those situations it doesn't mean we can fix their problems but we can speak hope amen and and try to be an encouragement well we're we're supposed to right i mean first peter 2 9 we were actually going to talk about that today but the reality is we are a royal 
priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness. Because, as Paul said, such were some of you. You were in darkness at one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a what a what a well, <clears throat> what a gospel message that is. Yes. And you, you're right. I mean, you were talking about it even just uh, before we came on the air, just seeing people walking through life. You can just see it on their face. Mm-hmm. They're hurting. They're very, uh, they're, they're very sad. And there's a lot of hurt out there. And, you know, and, you know, could you say what you want about Donald Trump uh, motives or not? He he said yesterday we need to tone down the rhetoric about what happened at Mar-a-Lago um, because he even senses the escalation <clears throat> of our country right. to a place where bad, bad things are about to start happening if we don't. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, when, when a country starts to remove God from school, remove God from uh, our daily lives, remove God from church. When you remove God's design, his moral design for the universe, and you start focusing and allowing Satan's deceptive words to penetrate the church and the church isn't the light anymore, you start seeing all kind of bad things happen. I was thinking about even in Jeremiah. Remember when um, God told the people through the prophet Jeremiah, he said, listen, you're going into Babylon. This is this is the the, the discipline you bring mm-hmm. on yourself because I've warned you and you've continually stiffened your neck. So now if you try to buck me now in this, you will still get the pestilence. You'll still get the sword. You're still going to die. Mm. But if you will humble yourself and listen to my word, go live in this country, see what it's like to be under a ruler who does not acknowledge God. And and live yeah. that way because it was a lesson for them. Yeah. And 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 still, you know, it said they didn't. What they do, they went and tried to align themselves with Egypt. At least the ones who were left in Judah. And God says, "Don't do that." Even till the very end, He's warning them, "Don't mm-hmm. do this." If you will even humble yourself now and and listen to my word, that that said so many times, and they wouldn't do it. And and what did He do? He wiped out a lot, but a remnant was still there. A remnant, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't know how you are. Uh, you know, you, I think we we get we do we have our daily routines as to how we go about our day. And quite frankly, I don't really look at headline news um, first thing in the morning. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, Doug. I mean, is there a go to for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a go to place that you feel like you're getting accurate news I mean, think about. You mean just the, the regular news? Well, yeah, and, and I'm talking about where do people go? Because it doesn't matter uh, which which lane you're in. If you're in the left lane or the right lane, uh, I just feel like we're not getting accurate information. And, well, and, you know and today what? we can't just take what the news says as truth. Well, no, because ever you know, one of the things when when I was in the FBI. Uh, we, I, I would read a lot of different news sources, and you kind of compare, and you kind of see where uh, evidence is matching up. Anybody can make any claims about anything. You know, I can show you a picture of a raid on a house or a, a warrant or something, and I can spin your mind before you ever find out the true facts. Right, right. And that's what's been happening totally. a lot. People have been doing that. And so how are we to discern? Well, one, you have to be in the word so that you're in connection with God and you are walking really under the illumination of the Holy Spirit. If you're spending time with God and you're his kid and you're you're listening to his word as you read it in the morning about yourself, about your culture, he gives you discernment when That's you walk true. in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you know, but if you think that you don't need that input into your life, that reminder of what sin looks like, because you can't read the Bible too much without getting a picture of what sin looks like. Well, it, it uh, where, where is it that it says it's a mirror? 
Yeah. You know, that when you look at it, you it's it. There's a reflection there. Well, you know, our brother yesterday asked on the uh, air right before we broke, what does it mean to be under the power of darkness? Or, mm-hmm. you know, it says in First Peter 2, 9, you just read it. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, the world is a dark place. The world system, people do not know the excellencies of God, but they should see those in our life. When Jesus came, he came to show people the light, Mm -hmm. which contrasted with the darkness. And now every true believer is a living billboard for what it looks like to walk in light, not perfection, but to walk in the light. You, You want to be walking according to the word of God, according to his moral statutes. You don't want to be like the world that says, and you know, Brad, when we come back, I want to talk about something I said yesterday and correct myself because I use the term selfish. Hmm. And, you know, I was thinking about Jesus. He, he gives some appeals to that self, what I call self-preservation in scripture, that maybe that might not be the best word when we think about uh, sin and 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 that moral corruption. So when we come back, I want to talk about that. Yeah, let's bit. do that. Hey, uh, call us today one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. You can email us at ask at swatradio dot com. We'll take a quick break and be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this afternoon, uh, this Tuesday afternoon. You know, I was thinking about it. He, he, uh, when there's pain, he's a pain taker. You know, and I think about Doug, and I want to get to your point you were going to make in picking up to our caller yesterday who talked about the power of darkness. There is a serious power in the darkness. And yet, I think of, um, uh, let me see, I think it's in Colossians. Uh, Colossians one thirteen, he has delivered us from the domain or dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And I think I, I get very discouraged sometimes, and maybe that's not the right word, that when I see people who claim the name of Christ who have been transferred in to the kingdom of Jesus Christ – walking around uh, as if something else is uh, you know as if they're still in the darkness there there ought to be a you said it a minute ago we're we're like a billboard Uh, there ought to be joy all over us as we move through life that doesn't mean that trials don't come james makes it clear that you know trials are coming yeah Uh, they're just part of life yeah. But we know that those trials have purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think as we, as those who have been transferred out of the dominion of darkness <laughs> and into the light, our lives should reflect that. Yeah, they, they should. And, you know, that, that darkness, you got to be careful when we start talking about the power of darkness. Sometimes 
people believe that there's almost a dualism, like there's God and Satan and they're mm. almost equal, <laughs> and they're not. God no. <clears throat> is, is, Satan has nowhere near equality with God. He is Well, underneath. Satan can't make a move without God's well, approval. That's exactly, well, look at Job. That's yeah. a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we were talking about um, yesterday, Romans 3, that there's no one righteous, no, not one. And we, we didn't get into original sin. We were really talking about the corruption of man. But I think we need to go back and, and look at some some terms because sin means a lot of things to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you're listening, some people may think, if you were just asked what is sin, uh, growing up in the churches I grew up in, you know, people might say, well, it's drinking, uh, smoking, chewing, and, da- and, dancing. and dancing with girls that do. You know, I mean, like, um, but, you know, sin is, uh, according to what Dr. Wayne Gruden wrote, which I, I really have a lot of respect for him. He's a, he wrote a book called Systematic Theology that's, that's great, and he, he lays out, I think, a, a great definition of sin based on Scripture. It's any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. Yeah. And that's a great definition because, you know, I, I mentioned yesterday that sin is basically selfishness, but the essence of sin is um, not just selfishness because Scripture doesn't define sin like that. We want to be biblical. It, I mean, when I think of selfishness, we think of loving ourselves more than others, but Jesus appealed to the self-interest of people. Remember when he said um, people can, uh, people can, you know, he, he told people, if you want to be rich, you got to be poor. Mm-hmm. Well, that's appealing to a self-interest there saying, okay, he's telling me, you know, that if I want to get rich in heaven, I need to be poor here. So there can be some self-direction, but self-interest of sinful people sometimes people abandon their own personal benefit like muslims to follow muhammad mm-hmm. and they're they may have a selfless devotion to an idol well that would be sinful you know to god to to think like that and so you know when we act in ways such as stealing lying or, or committing murder that would definitely fall under the category of, um, of of failing to conform to God's moral law. But what about our attitudes? And that's where we want to go today in, in Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, the Pharisees were God's supposed shepherds of the law to people, which was God's word. And it wasn't just about right and wrong. It's about being the billboard. It's about being redeemed as his prophets and priests to the world, how does your message have validity if you don't honor the deity you say you follow by mm-hmm. obeying him? Mm-hmm. In other words, if I'm free to do whatever I want and live in disobedience, what kind of billboard is that for my yeah. deity and my God? Yeah. It's not. And so, um, you know, Jesus kind of took our inner thoughts, our inner thoughts about hatred and said, that's like murder. Our inner thoughts about lust, which he says, that's like committing adultery. But even in the Ten Commandments, what is the last commandment? You shall not covet what? Your neighbor's wife? That means you're saying in your mind, man, I'm not satisfied with my wife. I want his Mm -hmm. wife. Your neighbor's oxen. Well, we don't have oxen, but he says, I I look at your car, car, and I say, you know what, God? I don't like the car you've provided for me. I want Brad's car. Yeah. And, and and so those are thoughts. Those are inner inner desires and motivations. And that really gets to the core of, of our corruption because yeah. we're not just corrupted in the way we act. We're corrupted in our nature. Right. And, and when Adam sinned, I love the way um, Grudem kind of put it down. We're going to go to Matthew 5, and I'm actually, Brad, have you read – we're going to start in um, verse, we'll start in verse 20, and I'll have you read down through verse uh, 30. But before you do, I, I like 
what Grudem said when he when we went back to Scripture and he talked about what that corruption looked like. And he says, Satan corrupted the way we look at what is true. And you, you go back to Eve. God told Adam and Eve they would die if they ate from the tree. What did Satan say? He said, you won't die. Right? Go back to Genesis 3, 4. Mm-hmm. Eve decided to d- doubt the truthfulness of God's word to her, and she decided to conduct an experiment to see if it was true or not. So she doubted God's word, his truth. Mm-hmm. That's the first corruption that happens to all of us, right? We right. we come into the world with a nature designed to doubt God's word is true. But we also doubt what is right and wrong, the standards. God said it was right and, and for Adam and Eve not to eat the truth. It wasn't just they were die and true, but it was right. He wanted them to do right. What did Satan so say to him? He said, listen, uh, it's right to eat from the truth from the fruit of the tree it's it's right for you to decide what's right and wrong does that sound familiar yep to our culture you do we call it you do you that's right (laughs) eve trusted her own evaluation of what was right and wrong and adam did too rather than allowing god's word to define right and wrong that's where we are as our culture and then the third thing he says uh, their their sin gave a different answer to the question who am i the correct answer for us is we are all creatures made from God. Yeah. Now, yeah. what did what did Satan appeal to? Because we're supposed to be dependent to God, subordinate to him as our creator and as our master. But Eve and Adam said, "No, we want to be like God. We're going to be we will be the captain of our ship." And so they put themselves in the place of God. Now, that nature is what has been transferred yeah. to every human being in history. And, and Paul picks up on that um, when he, he talks about uh, the fact that through Adam... Romans 5.12, yeah, I think. Yeah, it, it's sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. So everybody dies. Yeah. So death spreads. It spreads to everybody, but it's not just the physical death. It is the separation between God and man. But also, life comes through one man, Jesus. And I love what uh, Grudem said about um, people who struggle to say it's not fair that I'm held responsible for what Adam did. Um, Basically, (laughs) he says that if any of us had been put in Adam's place, we would have done the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, he also says that if we think it's unfair to do that, um, that it's also unfair for Christ's righteousness to be imputed to us as well Ooh. through belief, Ooh. which is a pretty yeah. sobering thought. Yeah, so, that's profound. So, so when Jesus came on the scene, the Pharisees had so corrupted the teaching of God's word, they made it about what people perceive in a superficial rather than dealing with the heart issue. Mm. And so I want you to read the way Jesus presented in Matthew 5 and talk about this nature and our view of humanity through a total depravity because that's what Jesus brings out in Matthew yeah. 5. Go ahead and read Let me, it. I'll start with verse 20, go down to... Uh, 19, go to 19. Go to 19. Wait, is it 19? Wait a minute. Let's see. No, it's 20. You're yeah. right. 20. Uh, 20, I'll go down to, uh, to 30. All right? Yep. 20 to 30. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Verse 23, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. 
First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Verse 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. Verse 30, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. So he talked about internal and the consequence. Yep. So when we come back, we'll get into that. Amen. SWAT Radio will be right back. Back to SWAT Radio, Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. And, you know, Doug, I was just looking over that text, and, and you, you mentioned it on the break. Those are only two areas that he deals with here that I just read through, just yeah. anger and lust. Mm-hmm. Do you think those might be applicable today? Oh, yeah. I mean, we even started the our first segment off just talking about how angry people are. Yes. And, and he equates uh, anger to murder. And when you think about that, like, um, I mean, there is a holy anger. You know, Paul talks about that in Ephesians. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus is talking about is an unholy anger. Um, In in this text, he means a a subtle anger, an anger that basically is is you nurse this anger in your heart because – First, there's a there's a causeless anger, uh, and then it explodes into he, he uses the word raka there. It's empty headed person, hmm. um, you fool, you rebel. You know uh, it's a foolish thing. And uh, you know Warren Wiersbe says anger makes us destroyers instead of builders. It makes us prisoners to people. And when you hate somebody, hang on a second. You said it makes us destroyers instead of builders. That's good, and and it's true. It robs us of freedom, and you know it kind of holds you. You know when you fail to forgive someone because you're so mad about Mm -hmm. what they've done. Mm -hmm. As a believer, Jesus said, "If you want to be forgiven, you better forgive. You better." And he even told a story of the guy who was forgiven so much, but then he went and somebody who was much lesser offensive than he was, uh, he wouldn't forgive. Well, that picture of a destroyer, Mm -hmm. when you're unwilling to forgive, you are destroying that relationship. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is we, we feel sinful anger. Sometimes we do, we're human, but we've got to own it and acknowledge it and, what he's saying is go to your brother right. and get it settled Yeah, because people are going to make us angry. We're going to make people angry. As believers, it's not that we're not going to be angry, but we go and we realize this is not the way God wants us, and it starts in our heart. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's one area of of this inner part that he deals with, but he also deals with lust. And, and in our culture, think about this, Brad. I mean, what Jesus is doing is he's affirming God's law of purity, but he's saying, you Pharisees, you think it's just about the physical act. Right. When in your hearts, you lust. And what he's saying is, sex is a 
a very sacred thing, and God created it, and he wants to protect it, and it starts in the heart. It starts with, he's not talking about you looking at a, an attractive woman and going, wow, she's an attractive woman. Because we, as men, one, we're made physically to respond to beauty mm-hmm. to our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. We see mm-hmm. a beautiful woman. Uh, you see a naked woman. Our, I don't care what man it is, unless he has some kind of psychological issue, he is going to respond physically. There's things that go on in his brain right. by design. What God's talking about there, though, is that that you know that a guy it starts the adultery doesn't start like as a, a a crime of passion, so to speak. It starts in his heart where he's looking for it. He's mm-hmm. lurking for it. He's he's not just seeing a woman and appreciating her creative beauty. He's looking at a woman and saying, "I want her." That, yeah. I, like David, David with that's exactly what I thought of was yeah. David. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not just a casual glance. It is looking with a constant stare, saying, "Wow, all right, I want to look at that again." And um, Jesus is saying that this is feeding that inner lust. And so, how do we get the victory over that one by confessing it to God and acknowledging that God has set a boundary around sexual relationships? Now, have we ignored that in our culture? Oh, my goodness. Of course we have. Now it's anything, anytime, whatever feels good for you. And I go back to, you You know, you thought of David, I did too. Remember what we talked about yesterday when David said, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me? He's not talking about his mother's sin. He's talking about his own heart. Just in birth. Yeah. He's so overwhelmed with his own sin that as he looks back, he realizes that he was sinful from the beginning, the yep. nature yep. of him. And, you know, if you doubt that, we said this yesterday, look at children. They don't have to be taught how to do wrong, but they do have to be taught how to follow God's law. Yes. Because yes. they don't yes. just naturally do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by the way, uh, we, we, we said this yesterday. Um, we're not saying that human beings can't do good things or they're as bad as they could be because of this their civil law constrains people uh societal pressure family pressure family training um you know there's a thing called god's common grace that that he allows there to be a salting influence of his people in the world to create laws look at our founding fathers look our laws historically were based on god's law mm-hmm and, and they have been good. They have been protective. You know, we don't allow people just to rape whoever they want. You listen, you go to some pagan cultures that never had a godly influence, and they are, they. are it's okay to rape somebody if you want to uh, have sex with them. It's okay mm-hmm. for you to steal from something or kill somebody right. if somebody does something to you you don't like. And so there's a common grace. We're not talking about this corrupt nature just going wild and nobody... God's common grace is there, but our natures, we lack a spiritual ability to do good before God until Christ changes our heart. Right. And right. and that's what we're really talking about. And Jesus is saying, you guys are focused on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. Just like you said yesterday, Jeremiah, the heart's deceitfully wicked. So as you think about this, Brad, and the guys you talk to, how often do we focus on the external? Oh, well, we're all we're raised that way, you know. I'm sure your parents are probably listening to us right now, and they're probably thinking of, well, you know, you and I were raised very similar. You know, you do this, you don't do that. You do this, you don't do that, and and that certainly is missing even in our culture today. But how much more important is it that as we grow up, we understand just how kind of wretched the heart really is Mm -hmm. because you just said it doesn't mean that we can't do good things listen if you really examine your heart as to why you did some good deed i mean really dig down pull that one out of the ground Mm -hmm. and see what's at the root of it Mm -hmm. most of the good that you and i do is rooted in selfishness it's 
it's I'm going to do this so that I'll look good to everybody else. But the reality is, yes, everything very much so, uh, especially in the church, that as as we spend a lot of time with men discipling men, you see this. I'm, I've, I've got this checklist Christianity. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like the the lawyer in scripture. Well, I've done all those things, <laughs> you know. But the reality is, what about the heart? You know, let, let, let's really get to the heart. In fact, First uh, John two sixteen. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes, and pride in possession is not from the Father, but is from the world. I'm, I I just opened this. This is this is scary because this is uh, Brad and I are on the same page. I just open up to First John two fifteen yeah. to seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I in fact go back and read fifteen. Yeah, so it's. I mean, to me, it's a. Uh, if you want to really do a self examination, mm-hmm. um, I think looking at First John, I, I was going to say one of the things I like to do is take guys to that book. I actually ask them to read that mm-hmm. book once a day for a week, and uh, y- you'll come under some conviction. Uh, verse fifteen says, "Do not love the world." Or the things in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm-hmm. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And, and here's the interesting part. Verse 15, when it says, do not love the world, the word love there is agape, which is the unconditional love mm. He's saying you cannot love the world unconditionally and love God. Yeah. Um, and I, I think of, of remember Eve. And here's a, here's a good application question for us as we as we think about Eve and think about what she said. Um, think about maybe a parallels between the temptation Eve faced and temptations you face. In other words. Do you ever struggle with what is true? If so, what what is your basis for truth? It's like Brad was asking about where we go to find truth. What defines truth for you? Is it your standards? Is it the world's standards or is it the Bible? Hmm. Second, who determines right and wrong? Not just truth, but what's morally right and wrong? Is it the masses? Mm -hmm. And third, we said, what about who are you? Are you God's creation? Do you really see yourself as his creation and accountable to him and dependent on him? Or do you just think you're a a news of of flesh that just evolved over time? See, this is the danger in the whole evolution thing Mm -hmm. is it discounts. And if you go back and you look at the evolutionist, Brad, almost every one of them used the evolutionary theory to, uh, basically justify their sexual perversions and their sexual deviations from God's design, which is where we are as a culture. We want to do what we feel is good. Do what, do what feels right for you. But when done wrong against, they're quick to recognize they've been done wrong. Yes. Everybody wants justice as it appears, you know, when it impacts their ability. In other words, people say, well, I have the right to feel what I want. That's not true. (laughs) If, if I do something that offends you, uh, you're going to get upset about it. Mm-hmm. But if if you do something and it's offensive to me, you don't feel near as bad. <laughs> and that's the way our culture is right now. So anyway, well, I mean, this is this this just exposes really. I mean, when you really begin to dig through this text in Matthew, you realize this our sin, Doug, is a lot deeper than we want to admit most of the time. Yeah. And uh, and we, we kind of continue to talk about this during that last segment. Yeah, and if I people want to call in, I, that's, too. I was going to say, uh, listen, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. If you're wondering what SWAT stands for, it's Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. 
You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this Tuesday afternoon. We're glad you joined us. You can join us live. You can call at 844 844- seven 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 nine two eight you can also email us any questions or comments you might have uh to ask that's ask at swat radio.com and uh you know doug I, uh, last week we were looking at the gospel according to jesus from dr john MacArthur's book dealing with uh god's god's plan this week we're looking at man's problem and yes our problem is deeply rooted in us and it's sin and yeah i think this is so this is so good to really discuss and you were asking me earlier about you know men that i meet with this is i mean listen we can talk about lust and we can talk anger that we kind of looked at in matthew uh yeah those are those are real issues but those aren't exclusive obviously (laughs) To yeah. men, those are exclusive to to human beings in general. Yes, uh, because it's it's just in our it's our in our nature. It is, and you know the danger uh, in our world, uh, Brad, is not for the people that say I don't want anything to do with God. Um, I, I I you know what I don't believe and I don't care about that. I'm going to do what I want to do. Live and you know live and be free. Do whatever I right. want. Those are not the people I'm. I mean, I, I certainly care about those people, but those people aren't under a false impression because of a false gospel that has gone out that they are um, believers. Uh, gen, you know, if you're a genuine believer, uh, you, you just if you sin and you blow it because you will, we, we we do this side of heaven until we get the other side. It's a continual uh, growing process for for us, but. We're not going to lose our adoption as God's children because we blow it. But there are people in our culture um, who have professed to be Christians, and they associate with the church, and they go to Bible studies. They give their money to the church. They, they try to walk like a believer, but it's all external. That's just what, this is what Jesus was mm-hmm. dealing with. And these people will tend to become more and more disobedient to Christ in the pattern of their life. And we have been told today that, listen, we can't be speaking into their life and telling them that they're going astray. Uh, And they're even lulled into more complacency by assurance. You know what? You prayed a prayer. You're God's child. Didn't didn't you trust Christ at some Hmm. point? Yeah. I, I ask him to come into my heart, which is not even biblical, by the way. Right. Uh, you won't find that anywhere in Scripture where it says you ask him to come into your heart. No, he changes our heart. We're asked to look to him and affirm our neediness for him. But a consistent pattern of disobedience, and this is what MacArthur talks about in his book, The Gospel According to Jesus, a consistent pattern of disobedience to Christ 
that's also accompanied by a lack of the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, you don't see love, joy, peace, and, and those things talked about in Galatians 5. is certainly a warning sign to people that that person's probably not a true believer. You know, I talk about vital signs, mm-hmm. spiritual vital signs. Do you like to read the Bible? Do you desire to read the Bible? Um, listen, I realize the Bible can be hard to read, but there should be a inner desire to read God's Word yeah. and learn about Jesus, to learn about God and what God says in His Word, a desire to hear His Word. If that's not there, you're at best case spiritually sick, worst case you're spiritually dead. There should be a desire to pray and commune, to talk to God, to listen to God. If that's not there, you're best case spiritually sick. There should be a desire for you to be led by the Spirit through the Word, revealing how to live your life. In other words, somebody comes into your life like Brad, and you meet Brad, and he starts talking to you about God's Word, and you go, no, I don't want to do that. I don't really, you know, I don't believe that. Why don't I believe it? Because it inconveniences my plans for my life. It inconveniences my desire to really be accountable to Jesus as Lord. Mm -hmm. I just want him as Savior, and that's what MacArthur was really dealing with. Well, we uh, we spent uh, last night uh, with my uh, son and his wife and Graham, little Graham. And, uh, you know, it's interesting how babies don't have to be taught to eat (laughs) they they just by nature will get hungry and they will cry for the milk i I believe as god's spirit dwells in the believer god's spirit gives us an appetite Mm -hmm. for truth it gives us an appetite for his word now i do believe there's a there's a there's a there's a discipline of getting in the word and spending time in the word uh, I used to hate beets. You like beets? Man, I hated beets, but the more I ate them, the more I liked them. And I think a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things in the scriptures that discipline yourself to be in the word. Mm-hmm. You know, there it is so vast and so deep. And I just think, you know, Doug, so much of what you and I talk about off the air. I mean, think about this. If, if our listeners knew how deep our conversations went Mm -hmm. either before or after or during the breaks of our, you know, because we love God's word. We love to challenge one another in the areas uh, that we're living in. And whether it's marriage or it's uh, family or it's grandparenting (laughs) or it's work, whatever, whatever it is that God's word has an answer for us. It's it. it, Well, it is it is God's decree yes. that we I, – I keep going back to the Old Testament, and over and over you see God, they listened to my word, or they didn't listen to my word. And our scriptures is the word of God. It is holy. It is inspired. And if, if you are living your, quote, Christian life apart from God's word and his pattern uh, of moral behavior – that he, not that you're perfect, but your desire is to want to be that billboard for him, mm-hmm. that kingdom priest. Because if it's all external, you might be one of the ones he says, I never knew you, depart. Or what John talks about in 1 John 2, 4, when he says um, that he who says, I know him, but disobeys his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But he's talking about a persistent pattern of someone's life. Not yeah. He's not talking about a slip-up, uh, you know, a momentary, I, I get really discouraged and I make a bad choice and, and then I own it or I come around to it. it and, and listen, he's not saying that saves you from all the consequences either. But it means that when you recognize that what you're doing violates his word, there is an overwhelming sense of oh no I don't want that that's right that's not that's my right. that's not, my loyalty is to him and so well, Brad, Doug do you feel like uh, there's an there's a lack of sensitivity to sin today in the uh, listen we know it is outside the church but inside the church there's there's a lack of sac- uh, of sensitivity we we've, we've really become very hardened to sin in the church well because we've kind of defined sin the way we want to 
I, I want to go back to that original um, definition of sin that I was talking about, that it is not just what you think is wrong. It's not what I think is wrong. It's not even what my church thinks is wrong. It is what God says in his moral law about uh, if we're failing to conform to his moral law in the way we act, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in our attitude, or in our nature. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, we talked about this a little earlier in the broadcast, and I just want to ask the listeners, do you feel some sense of um, unfairness that that sin nature has been passed on to you through Adam? Like, are, you, are I've actually heard people say that. That's, that's not fair that God did that. Um, you know, how can we deal with that feeling? It could be a real valid feeling, Brad, that we really struggle with. So how do we deal with that? Do, do we really believe that before God came in, for those who are believers, and changed me, that I was unable to do anything spiritually good before God? I think that is a real problem because most of us think we're pretty good people. Yeah, well, it gets back to what we were saying yesterday is we tend to measure goodness horizontally not vertically mm-hmm. you know i well i'm 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 pretty good compared to joe yeah uh, but that's not what we're doing here you know well it, it's not and and what does that mean for us like what is it like to have that belief that man i could do nothing there's nothing i could do to make god love me apart from Christ, well, it should make us overwhelmingly grateful. You know, that's what Paul talks about in Ephesians 5, where he says what? Pray always, give thanks always, and and praise always. Those three things, you know, we tend to look at that, Brad, and let's be really honest. Do you feel like praying every day? No. Do you feel like praising every day? No. Do you feel like, uh, you know, giving uh, thanks thanks for everything? You know, I think about Graham in your case. I think about mm-hmm. uh, my children, Rachel, and some other things. Uh, when when bad things happen, he's not saying that you, well, thank you, God, for bringing this cancer or bringing right. this heart disease or bringing whatever. He's saying that in spite of these things, yeah. be yeah. grateful that he chose you yeah. to be his billboard. Yeah. What a privilege. It is a privilege. It yeah. is a privilege. Yeah, that, that, that his purpose is... Or that we would be transformed. Yes. What it? What is God going to use in your life? If you're listening to Doug and I right now, what is God going to use in your life to transform you into the image of Christ? Yeah, and, and many people wonder what their purpose is. It's to be a billboard for the one true living God. Amen. Amen. Glad you joined us today, Doug. As usual, it's always good to kind of chat over these kind of things because otherwise you know so what what do what we study the word for i hope you'll join us tomorrow call us at 844-777-7928 uh, email us ask at swatradio.com doug at swatradio.com brad at swatradio.com by the way we're also on social media facebook at swat radio talk twitter at swat radio talk so look forward to hearing from you guys tomorrow We'll see you then. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening